We're right back at it. This episode 22 of the Sided Podcast and why waste any time to get to a new episode? We love doing this. The debates keep rolling in on our website, Sided.co, as well as our Sided Debates app. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Once again, Cameron is there here, and I have two guests, and I know that we know Jacob Polachek. You know him. You've seen him before. We've introduced him many times, but we have a new guest. It's Kyle Boone. Kyle, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself. Who are you and are you ready to get debating? Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, Kyle Boone from CBS. Um, cover the NBA draft, cover college basketball, sometimes cover golf. And uh, so, yeah, I've been, been there since uh, 2016. And uh, basketball is kind of like my, uh, my love. And so excited to uh, – looks like we're going to talk heavily on some NBA drafts and some hoops. So looking forward to it. Yeah, you talk about or you know about a plethora of sports, you cover a plethora of sports, but I know that you love your NBA draft talk. So we're going to make this episode a special one and just talk about the NBA draft. I know that you'll be happy with that. Jacob, welcome back to the show. It's been what? You said you'd be taking the week off and you you jumped on anyway. How does it feel? It feels good. I'm, I'm out in Milwaukee visiting some family, but I had to jump on since I knew Kyle was coming on. We all might be in different time zones, but that won't stop us from starting these debates. So let's get right into it. Topic number one, again, we're focusing on just the NBA draft. So if you want to go on our website, sided.co, as well as our Sided Debates app, also subscribe to this YouTube channel for even more content. But if you want to go on Sided, start posting things that you like, because we could get you on this podcast and we could just talk about, you know, one topic exclusively, just like we're doing here on episode 22. Here's the first topic, courtesy of Sided College Basketball. Who should the Detroit Pistons select with the number one overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft? The options, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs. Is there another guy you want to throw out there? Or do you think that the Pistons can fool everyone and trade the pick? Kyle, we're welcoming you on the show. I want you to start with this one with two minutes on the clock. Okay, so I'll pledge my allegiance right off the bat. Oklahoma State fan here. Detroit has to take Cade Cunningham at number one overall. And look, I get it. There's the argument to be made here that maybe he's not a true number one pick as opposed to in years past. You know, he's, he's, he hasn't really elevated himself in the way that maybe Zion did um, in his draft. He's the best player in this draft. I don't think it's even close. And Detroit last year used their first round pick to, or their top 10 pick, excuse me, <clears throat> to select Killian Hayes, who is a lead guard. But I think Cade Cunningham is a perfect fit next to him. He can play on the wing. He can play both sides of the floor. Um, I like his playmaking ability. And everyone I talk to um, that, that scouts the NBA and, and the draft believes that Cade Cunningham is the best player in this draft. So by virtue of that, I think Detroit should stay put. I don't think you do it too cute here. Just stay put, make the pick, and go with Cade Cunningham at number one. I agree. I, as a Kansas guy myself, I watched a lot of Big 12 basketball this year. Yeah. And what's not what's there to say about Cade Cunningham that are, hasn't already been said? Uh, he's a guy that I think you could put on any NBA team and they get substantially better right away. I think he he's the best player in this draft. It's not particularly close in my opinion. So I think don't don't mess it up, Pistons. Take the best player available. Take Cade Cunningham. 
I know you guys watch a lot of big 12 basketball. I understand that. And I would say the same about watching a lot of college basketball and maybe not tuning in to other leagues. I don't watch any Detroit Pistons basketball. That's what I can confidently say. What I can say. Exactly. I I need, I need to work on that, but I think I'm going to start watching a lot more Pistons basketball when Jalen green is selected at number one, because the Pistons don't pick Jalen green. I think that's a mistake beyond all mistakes. I understand that Cade Cunningham proved himself in college this year, but Jalen green did the same in the, in that G league ignite program, but there just weren't a lot of eyes on him. And I think that Jalen green can meet those expectations. He has all the intangibles to be a number one pick. There are certain guys that you just can't pass up on. I think that Jalen green and Cade Cunningham are on that list in my opinion. And this is just by a hair. I think green is a better player. But Cade Cunningham will, you know, he'll prove himself on any team. I just think if you're the Pistons, you go with a dynamic player in Jalen Green, who, in my opinion, is a little more athletic, has a little more experience at that pro semi-pro level. I think Jalen Green took a route that was unexpected, took a route that a lot of guys were afraid to take. And that's why I think you take the guy that took the unconventional route, because I think he has a lot more to prove. Cade Cunningham is a really good player. I'm not saying anything against him. I just think that Jalen green is the best player in the draft. I don't know who the Pistons are going to take. I think whoever they take, it's going to take a couple of years before Detroit is even mentioned in a playoff picture. But I think Jalen green takes this team to new heights even if that's 25 wins, I don't know if, you know, one guy can really take the Pistons far, but that parlays perfectly into our second topic. And Jacob, I want to start with you because you're very high on Cade Cunningham. Will he be the best player in this year's draft? Or do you think that number one pick that you off, you know, you're putting him in, do you think those expectations might drop his play a bit? No, I think he is the best player in this draft. I, I think that, you talk about him maybe not being as flashy. When I watched him, he was pretty pretty damn exciting. Uh, he put up some big numbers, even though you might not you might look at him, you might not think he's putting up big numbers. But he had he had a forty point game against Oklahoma. He scored twenty in most games this year, including a twenty four point game in the tournament against Oregon State. He can he can score the ball. He can pass the ball. He can rebound the ball. There's really not much he can't do. So. Uh, He's the, he's going to be the best player in this draft. I wholeheartedly believe that. So, so if I have a number one pick, I'm taking Cade Cunningham. I'll lay that out now. I think he's the best player in this draft. If we're talking upside and we're talking five years from now, who's the best player in this draft? I can't say with confidence that it's going to be Cade. Um, I would still draft Cade. I still think he has a super high ceiling. Uh, just his size, the positional versatility that he brings to the table. I feel pretty confident he's going to be a really good NBA player. But I think Evan Mobley could end up being the true difference maker to arise out of this draft class. He's seven foot, uh, just a dominant two-way player, blocks shots at an elite level, uh, at least at USC, and, and is going to do it in the NBA. I think he can be the anchor to an NBA defense. Um and when, when teams are scouting this guy, they see a seven-foot wing who moves like a point guard, has some like wing creation-type skills. We'll see what he looks like in a few years, but 
he's not going to be a bust. And in fact, I think he's going to be one of the biggest difference makers from this draft. So um, I think if anyone is going to go number one overall and, and it'll be Cade, um, but I, I actually see a scenario in which Mobley is the true contender to go number one in this draft and to push Cade because um, the opinion that I get from people who are scouting this draft feel that Mobley is in the same tier as Cade as a clear cut top two player in this draft. So I'm excited. I'll go against the grain here against my uh, Oklahoma state cowboy. And I, I really think that Evan, Evan Mobley's upside in a few years is, uh, is super high and people are sleeping on him for sure. Now I want to preface my point by saying I am not, you know, basing this off of any NBA scouts or anyone that knows in and around the game. Unfortunately, I don't have those connections or those contacts. What I do have is a way to dig into my own brain and pull out my own opinions. And although I feel like Jalen green is by far the best player in this draft, I don't think that he will be the best player in the NBA because I think that the best player or the guy that's going to have the best career or even the best, you know, next three, four, five years is someone that's going to make an impact on a team that's, you know, that needs a top 10 draft pick in order to propel themselves forward. If you were going to tell me that the Suns, after their 10 year playoff drought were going to be in the NBA finals, I'd call you crazy. And then they get Deandre Ayton after a couple of years, he develops, he looks like one of the best players that was drafted in his class. When at that time you'd be like, no, come on. Deandre Ayton was by far not the best player drafted in his class. I'm going to go with a couple of dark horses and say a guy like Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kaminga guys that are going to be picked outside the top five. I don't know what the warriors are going to do with their pick at seven, but that's a team that is one pick away or one guy away or a package trade away from, you know, being a top contender in the West because of the guys they have on that team. I just think that there are a few guys in this draft that can almost play that Michael Porter Jr. role. And with how the top 10 in the draft is set up outside of the top five, that six through 10 category, it's very enticing for a guy that can get really, you know, valuable minutes and minutes in playoff games to really prove himself. So I'm going to go either Jonathan Kaminga or Scotty Barnes surprise absolutely everyone even though Cade Cunningham will be great in his career I think it'll take him a couple years because he's not going to be putting you know put in a situation that Trey Young and Luka Doncic were where the Hawks are are playing in a weak east so they and he has a couple weapons in Capella and then same with Luka Doncic where you know Doncic is coming out of a professional career overseas. So I'm going to go with those two guys to be the best NBA players out of the draft class because I think I look at a guy like Michael Porter Jr. There's a lot of guys in this draft that can almost play that role. Now let's head to our third topic again staying on the draft. I actually posted this because I know we wanted to keep this NBA draft centric. So Kyle, I'm going to start with you on this. We're talking about that top 5, that top 10. Well, what about number 2 because we just covered covered the Pistons at one. We just covered Cade Cunningham as a possible stellar player at that number two pick. It's the Houston Rockets, a team that stumbled during the season. And that's an understatement. What they lose 20, 21, 22 games in a row. It was a joke. So now they get this number two pick and it seems like the Rockets are the stop and shop team for superstars where they, you know, come to Houston and then they're out of Houston. So that bodes the question a guy that I mentioned as a dark horse candidate, Scotty Barnes, 
there's been a lot of talk about maybe the Rockets go Scotty Barnes. Do you, you know, think that talk is legitimate? Do you think that the Rockets should go with Scotty Barnes at number two? I don't think they should go with Scotty Barnes. I don't think that that talk is legitimate. Um, Jalen Green and Evan Mobley, I think, are probably the front runners to go number two to the Rockets. Uh, right now, I would say it's probably Jalen Green who is in the driver's seat to go number two. Look, I love Scotty Barnes, six foot nine forward. He played point guard at Florida State, came off the bench and, and was phenomenal. But uh, what's the knock on him? He doesn't really have a jump shot. That's kind of a big hole in your game if you're going to try and be a top three NBA draft pick. And a lot of people are, I think, swooning over him because he's got a great personality. The work ethic is obviously there, checks all those character boxes. And that's clearly, I think, part of the reason why, despite some of his flaws, he's going in the top 10 of this draft. I don't think there's any question. But when you look at Jalen Green, your boy, Cameron, I, I just I think there's so much to like about what he could do if you're trying to reset your franchise. He's six foot five, a guy who's going to score 20 plus every night in the NBA, just a natural scorer. The athleticism is just off the charts. You can see what he do when he's playing above the rim and he, he can finish uh, with, with spectacular dunks and, and throwing stuff off the rim. And so um, for that reason, I think probably Jalen Green is who I would take at number two. And Scotty Barnes, to me, um, I, I'm going to politely pass at number two. Um, and, and this is not uh, motivated in any way by hoping that OKC gets in that number six. I will just say I would pass on that number two. Yeah, I would. I would have to agree with you. I think with this, with the shooting, you said it. He has all the skills, but the the shooting is the real main concern. I think there are just guys ahead of him that are more sure things and have higher upside. So I do think that outside of the top five. I think he's really that best candidate for number six um, to the Thunder. And I, th I think you take him at six. I think that he might even have a case of being in that top tier. But at number two, I just think that is way too high. I mean, what do the Rockets need? They need offense. They need shooting. They need motivation. They need energy. They need bench depth. They need defense. They need everything. They need a player that can do everything. Unfortunately, Scotty Barnes does not check all those box boxes. Kyle, you mentioned the shooting aspect. That's probably one of his biggest Achilles heels. And if you're talking about the Rockets, why couldn't they really win any games? It wasn't like they were giving up 150 points a night. They also just couldn't score. They didn't have guys that could score the ball. John Wall, he came back and it really didn't seem like he had his offensive rhythm or his offensive mojo. It was much of the same with Victor Oladipo before he was, you know, sent off to the, to the Miami heat. So I'm going to say no, because you're right. The surefire top five guys, if those guys don't go one, two, three, four, five, a franchise is doing something wrong. Cause this is one of the, you know, most, you could say top heavy, but I would say one of the most talented draft classes at the top. And I think it's set in stone that those top five guys are going to go to those top five teams. I think it's a privilege to have those top five picks. I just don't think Scotty Barnes is good enough in every aspect to get picked within the top five. Now let's head to our next topic. And I was curious about this one. And Kyle, I really wanted to get your opinion with this. I know we usually now just send it to Jacob, then we're going to send it to you. But I want your two cents on this first before Jacob chimes in. Jalen Suggs, 
in my opinion, and I know I'm, you know, kind of exposing my point right now, but in my opinion, I think that Jalen Suggs is an overrated prospect. Two minutes on the clock. Do you agree with me or do you disagree with me? Okay, let me start by asking a question to you. What, what, what would you define as overrated? Like, shouldn't be considered top five in this class? Or is that, is that the premise? Yeah. I mean, I think that people are almost ballooning him to that possible number two or number three pick when, yes, do I think he's a top 10 talent? Of course I do. But I think that people are putting him on a pedestal that, in my opinion, Evan Mobley, um, uh, Jalen Green, and Cade Cunningham are in a class of their own. I wouldn't say that Jalen Suggs is in their class. But once he hit that shot over UCLA, now everyone is pushing him into that top Mm -hmm. tier. So that's what I mean by overrated. Yes, he's a great player, but that's what I mean by overrated. I got you. So I'm just going to say no. I don't think he's overrated. Um, We have him at number four on our our big board. So he's behind Cade, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. Um, But he's he's definitely in the top tier, the the tier one of, of elite prospects in this draft. Um, statistically, he didn't do stuff that, you know, Kate Cunningham or Jalen Green did last season, but statistically, he was on a team that went 31-0 and and lost in the NCAA championship on a roster that had Corey Kispert, who's going to be a first-round pick, Drew Timmy, who was an All-American. I mean, that, that Gonzaga team was absolutely loaded, and he was clearly, you know, the most talented player on the draft or on that on the team. Um, I think Suggs, the question is, is the shooting consistent? Is it reliable? What we saw at Gonzaga, it was really good. And um, I think a lot of people think that it's going to translate. If it does, I think he'll be worthy of the top five pick. Um, he's, he's got great size. If you're drafting for a lead guard at six foot four, um, the competitiveness, um, the energy, the tenacity that he brings to the basketball game is just, there's something about Jalen Suggs that if you watch him, you just absolutely fall in love with him. And maybe that's me biting it hook, line, and sinker saying, okay, I, I like what this guy brings to the table. He's got some pizzazz to him. Um, and, and we saw the, the game-winning shot in the NCAA tournament where you see just kind of this boisterous kid jump on the table and sheer excitement because he just won Gonzaga um, an NCAA tournament game. That, that is who he is. He is uh, a very fiery competitor. And for that reason, I, I think he's going to be a franchise caliber point guard. And long story short, I don't think he's underrated. I think he's properly rated as a top five player in the draft. Yeah, I think for a majority of the season, I would have considered him overrated. I think you saw a lot of people putting him in that class with him and Cade, uh, really almost making a case to have him as that number one pick. And in that case, I would have said he was overrated. But I think now things have leveled out and we're getting a better idea of where guys are going to go. And at this point, I don't think he's overrated. I think he's in that top five range. And I think that he could potentially go as high as number two. I don't think he should. Uh, I think there are better guys than him. Uh, I think you take Mobley and, and probably green over him, but I think you could make a case for him at number two. And as long as you're not putting them above as long as you're not putting him at one, I wouldn't say he's overrated. Uh, I think that I think you can make a case for him anywhere from two to five, and that's why I, I don't think he's overrated. 
Yeah, I, I just think that putting him even in the conversation for two is ridiculous. So that's why I'm saying he's overrated. I think yeah. I just, I, I mean, I look at the draft order. The fact that Detroit probably cater Jalen Green, Houston, vice versa, whoever's not taking that one. Cleveland, are they going to take a point guard every single year? At this point, it seems like they're just recycling point guards. Toronto, they have Fred Van Vliet. I don't think that they need a guy like Jalen Suggs. They also have Malachi Richard, or not Malachi Richardson. Um, um, the guy at a San, the, the guy at a San Diego State, okay. right, right, Malachi Flynn. That's what I meant. Orlando. I, I mean, that is that is a team that, in my opinion, either at five or eight, has the possibility of taking a guy like Jalen Suggs. I just think that people are hyping him a little too much because he hit that shot. If he didn't hit that shot. I don't think people even talk about him as number two or number three. I think that if Orlando lands him at five or eight, that's the right spot for him. I just wanted to pose the question because some people were wanting him at one. And I'm like, come on, you got, you got a couple of guys that are transcendent players, guys we've never seen play like this before. So I just wanted to pose that question, but that to, brings to on Jacob's, to Jacob's point. I mean, that, that was a legitimate discussion during the season was, do you like Cade or do you like Suggs? Because both could go number one. And now, clearly, you know, that seems a little silly now, but I mean, the Rockets at number two, they need a point guard. Do they, do they want to start over uh, with more of a, a pure scoring guard in Jalen Green? Or do they want to take a, a big man and try and build around Evan Mobley? Like, I, I think fit is going to play a factor, obviously, in, in the NBA draft. And that's what makes it so interesting is because Suggs could go number two or he could go number five. And I would be surprised at any outcome. I mean, we'll see when the draft rolls around. I'm really interested to see where Suggs lands because that's one guy, in my opinion, that he, if you talk about that surefire top five, I think he sneaks in there. I think you can make a case for someone to replace him if you're talking about that top five. Now let's head to our fifth topic, and we're talking about the surefire guys. Why not talk about the sleepers in the draft? Biggest sleeper in the 2021 NBA draft. I've listed a few names. We have Sharif Cooper, Jared Butler, Charles Bassey, Johnny Juzang, Jason Preston, Isaiah Todd. You can throw out so many. Jacob, I'll start with you with two minutes on the clock. Who are you giving me as your biggest sleeper come the NBA draft? Well, I know before this, I was talking up about those Auburn guys, Sharif Cooper, JT Thor. But as we were talking about Jalen Suggs, as we were talking about Gonzaga, I changed my mind. And it's Joel AI. There it is. That's a big sleeper. People weren't talking about him. I'm sorry if that was going to be one of your guys. <laughs> that I watched him this season and was thoroughly impressed. And he, I thought that his game was better fitted for the NBA, especially with the guys he was playing with, with Kispert, Timmy, and obviously Suggs. Uh, he wasn't getting all the shine. I think he's, I think he's a, a, a first-round pick, in my opinion. I don't know if he's going to go in the first round, but I think he's a first-round talent. And sorry to throw you guys for a loop there, but I, Ayayi is my sleeper. I think he is being completely undervalued right now. I mean, Jacob, you don't have to apologize. I think that's actually a great sleeper pick. I think people forget that because he was on such a stat Gonzaga team that Ayayi shot 58% from the field and averaged 12 points a game, especially because it's almost like he had to play, you could say, even like a second fiddle, even though he was alongside Jalen Suggs. But I love that pick in Joel Ayayi. And Kyle, who are you giving me in that in that regard? So I'm going to give you Charles Bassey. Um 
Western Kentucky big man. And I feel like when we're evaluating the NBA draft, big men just get docked down a level and you have to have big men on your NBA roster. That is just a fact. Now I'm not going to take Charles Bassey with a top 10 pick. Although, you know, 10 years ago, maybe we're talking about this guy as a top 10 pick. Um, but I do think he has first round talent and he is absolutely a sleeper. He's six foot 11, 240 pounds, just an absolute dominant force at Western Kentucky. And, you know, the season before last year got hurt in the middle of the season, basically rehab for nine months, um, came back, dom- dominated as a junior, averaged 17.6 points, 11.6 rebounds, 3.1 blocks per game. And I talked to him here recently and he told me like, you know, what, what I'm working on right now is, is my shooting. I want to become a better shooter and I'm working on my mobility. He's trying to slim down to make sure that when he is switched onto the pick and roll on the perimeter, that he's not going to be fried chicken. And I, I buy his talent. I think he is a guy who is going to be able to hold up in crunch time situations and six foot 11 bigs like that. If they can stay on the floor in those moments, um, they're worthy of, of a first round pick. I don't think there's any question. And right now, I think you look at most mock drafts, he's not in the first round consideration, probably in like the 30 to 45 range. Um, but I'm, I'm super high on him. And he's a guy who I think is going to be a very good NBA player for a very long time. And he's a, he's a sleeper. He's a sleeper. You talk about a very long time. You talk about longevity. I think that I'm going to give it to Johnny Juzang. Johnny Juzang reminds me a lot of Cameron Johnson and almost like his path, because a lot of people didn't expect Cam Johnson of the Suns to go number 11. A lot of them actually had him early second round. And I think that's where Juzang is. It almost seems like his projection lied close to there, maybe late second round before this run with UCLA. And I think he's a player you're talking about in clutch moments. I think he can come up in those moments, you know, in a strong way. In my opinion, I think he's NBA ready. A lot of people might say return to college. Yes, you made that run, but take that time, develop your game. I think his game has been developed. I mean, he was at a blue blood program before transferring to UCLA. Cam Johnson went through that transfer process as well. I think if Juzang's taken within the top 15 or top 20, it'll surprise people. And that's why I'm saying he's a sleeper because in my opinion, it shouldn't surprise people. He's someone that can score at any level. He can take it to the rim. He can shoot. Yes. The jump shot isn't something that you can, you know, c- completely rely on like you could with cam Johnson. But I just think that Johnny Juzang, his intensity can get it done on the defensive side of the ball. And if you're talking about a sleeper, I think a true sleeper is someone that really took his team a long way in the NCAA tournament. That's why I'm going to go with Johnny Juzang in this spot. Now, final debate of the day here on episode 22 of the sided podcast. And there's a lot of things that we can choose from. I mean, there, there's so much with this NBA draft. It's loaded just like the talent, but we've been talking about that top five. We've been talking about everything that could happen within that top five, even within that top 10. And let's focus on the NBA side of things, because as much as the talent is there, a lot of teams might want to trade up. A lot of teams might want to trade away their pick because they feel like there's a veteran talent that can improve their team. So this is how it works with our final debate of the day. We put one minute on the clock. 
but we love to debate. We love to talk about our points. So Jacob, I'm going to start with you on this one for our final debate. Is there anyone in that top 10 that you see trading up, trading away in their pick? Any surprises there? Because we've been, we've been on this talent in the draft. Do you think that any NBA team says, no, screw it, or hey, I, I like a guy earlier on in the draft that I need to get and he can improve my franchise. One minute on the clock, give it to me. Yeah, well, I, you see so many trades in the NBA draft. I wouldn't be surprised to see one in the top 10. But for me, looking at the top five, we've been talking about that top five all, all day. And I, th- I think there's no way there's a trade in the top five. I think that you have these five guys. And if you're a team with one of those top five picks, you can justify any of those guys. You're going to find a way to fall in love with one of those guys. So I don't think there's going to be a trade outside uh, inside the top five, potentially outside of the top five in that top 10 range, you could see a trade, but I think that top five is locked in. I'm going to say quite the opposite. I feel like before draft night or even on draft night, it's just going to be absolute insanity. The Detroit Pistons hold the number one pick. Rumors are that they really like Jalen Green, who they can probably get with a second pick in the draft. Therefore, they might be willing to trade down. That would be interesting. Uh, The Cavs at number three, I believe, um, have been actively shopping that pick, according to reports. Wouldn't be surprised if they try and move out of that spot altogether. Um, seems like a very Cavs thing to do, especially with four really, really good players at the top of this draft. So that's two teams. OKC at number six has already shown, I think, that they're willing to do just about anything to try and get more draft picks. But ultimately, I think they're going to cash this in eventually. They have like 28 million draft picks over the next few years. And so if they really like Scotty Barnes and think Scotty Barnes is their savior, I could see them trading up to go and get him at number three or four or whatever the price is. Um, And I can also see the Golden State Warriors at number seven, uh, potentially trading up or down or sideways or backwards because they want to improve this roster for next year with Clay Thompson returning, Stephen Curry in his prime still, and Draymond Green still on that roster. So um, I I think a lot of things can happen. I think there's going to be multiple trades um, from where we currently sit, just because there is a lot of positioning going on in the lead up to the draft that I think there's just so much smoke. uh, Eventually something is going to happen. Yeah, I feel like uh, all of our expectations are always so high when it comes to trades within the top 10. It's the NFL draft, the NBA draft, and then it never happens. It, I, I just, I think all of us think, oh, all these teams want to be aggressive. And then you realize that, oh, wait a second. No, they have their, you know, they have their big board. They have guys that they want to choose at their respective positions. I think that there's one trade within the top 10 and I think it's trading out of it. I think the golden state warriors package their seven and 14 in whether it be on draft night or even after draft night to get another guy that can give the Warriors and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green all in their prime, a chance at another championship. I don't think that a young player, it's just like the Lakers at time isn't on their side because LeBron's almost gone with the Warriors. It's much of the same. I think that seven number seven pick is gone. I think it's 100% gone. I don't know if there's anyone within that top seven or at that seven pick 
that would land or fall all the way to that spot that the Warriors would be like, oh, we can't give him up. I think that they're going to go for more of a veteran type player that can propel this team forward. So I think that Warriors pick is absolutely gone. The OKC one I'm interested to see because I think they have more like 30 million picks at this point. It's a joke. But I, hey, if they if they want to build for the future, they could build for the future and then some. And I mean, I wouldn't blame them. That's been episode 22 of the Sided Podcast. Guys, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been so much fun. I mean, we're talking about the NBA draft. We're talking about everything that could happen. It's only about what a month away, maybe a little less than that. So keep your eyes peeled. But then again, with this NBA draft, things could happen before there's always talks. So, you know, just keep your eyes peeled everywhere because there's a lot of talent to go around. So for Jacob Polachek and Kyle Boone, I'm Cameron Ezere. This has been episode 22 of the Sided podcast. You don't have to wait much longer to hear our voices again. We'll catch you next time.